Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Apple doesn't want any supply chain disruption in China over made in Taiwan labels, so it's asking its Taiwanese-based suppliers to add made in China labeling to their products. TikTok's contracted moderators are allegedly requiring employees to watch actual child abuse videos as part of his training program. Technology exists to determine if a child has been left behind in a locked car to help prevent hot car deaths, but the battle for years has been to get auto manufacturers to implement it. And the video social media platform Triller wooed black creators with the promise of monthly payments and equity in the company. But somehow slow payments and no payments, according to program participants, has been a problem since the program's inception. We've got all this and more for you in episode 47 of The Tech John. From Columbus, Ohio, I'm your host, Rob Dunwood. And out of Atlanta, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech, a.k.a. Uh, just the two of us uh, this week. <laughs> it seems like uh, we're missing an action for the third one. Well, I mean, she's not missing an action. We know she's on vacation. So till then, we're just going to hold it down for the two of us this, this week. Yeah, she, uh, you know, she she let, she let us know a couple weeks ago she was going to be out this week. She's still working, though. She's still sending us stories and stuff like that. So, well, just when if I'm on vacation, I ain't sending y'all nothing. So, so yeah. she, good for her. <laughs> good for her. Um, before we get started, I um, want to let everybody know, uh, you know, you are listening to the tech, John. Thank you for you know, for participating in our little podcast we do every week. Um, but I want to let you know that if you'd like to help support our show, we are on Patreon. You can head over to patreon.com forward slash the tech, John. That is the tech, J-A-W-N. And, uh, you know, we have three tiers over there. Any one of those tiers gets you access to multiple benefits. Uh, one of them gets you an ad free, uh, you know, a stream in your RSS. Uh, every tier gets you access to our live stream and after party. So right now we're actually recording this in a live stream and there'll be a bit of an after party after we get done recording the show that you could get access to if you become a patron. So once again, head over to patreon.com forward slash let tech John and you can help support the show. So with that, my man, um, before we even jump into some of these uh, tech stories, I just got to ask, uh, have you, because this is, it's not really even a tech story, but it's just interesting to me. And I wanted to, just wanted to ask you about it real quick. Have you been paying attention to any of this, uh, Alex Jones stuff? No, simply because one, I don't care that much. I mean, I care about the effects that he's had on the parents of the Sandy Hook, uh, incident, but, um, I really don't care about, you know, any sort of judgment or anything that's going to fall on him. The reason why I say that is because regardless of what happens, you know, it sounds like they, the judge is about to hit him in his pockets. My guess is he ain't going to pay a dime of that. He either got insurance that's going to pay that or he's going to claim ba- bankruptcy and he's going to go on somewhere and go on about his business. The only way. Only way Alex Jones really gets hemmed up is if he gets thrown in jail, which I don't think as sad as it is, he didn't do enough to get thrown in jail for real jail. So that's not the part that I wanted to really even dig into. Um, Okay. The part that I was interested in, how did his lawyers accidentally send my man's entire phone history? How do you accidentally do that? I don't think I don't think it was accident. accident. I think somebody set him up. No, I'm pretty sure the lawyers (laughs) did it because the dude is that that terrible of a human being that the his own lawyers was like, Yeah, we on even though you paying us to rep you, we don't mess with you like that. So uh we're gonna go ahead and um throw alley oop to the (laughs) to the other (laughs) team and let him sit there and take it to the face, which is what he's doing right now. 
and like I said, the, the, the tech part of this is that they did not just send the Sandy Hook stuff. Mm-hmm. They sent my man's entire phone history from mm-hmm. then until now. So you actually have the uh, January 6th committee that are not interested in some of the stuff this dude might be saying. Right, uh, right. I don't feel bad for him at all. Let, let me let me get that point out out of the way. I don't feel bad for him, but it's just like, you know, uh, your, your digital footprint <laughs> once it's created is there. It's it's is well, there, and, and, and it's not and and it's not like you know, um, people on social media saying things, having conversations, and then years later that comes back to bite him or bite them. He was purposely orchestrating drama just to rile up a certain group of people to to capitalize off of them. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, there's only so much you can do is going to run out, is going to backfire. I'm surprised that he wasn't better prepared for this, which leads me to his personal, um, for lack of a better word, intelligence. <laughs> Now he's sitting there in hot water because I, I don't know. Maybe he thought he was bulletproof. Maybe he thought he was that connected to where somebody would look out for him. But he ain't the type of dude, even if on the Republicans or conservatives or whomever he was catering to, they didn't mess with him like that. They really didn't mess with him mm-hmm. like that. And yeah, so. now he's finding out that he's on an island by himself. <laughs> So I thought that was, I, it's just, it's just interesting to me. It's like, I'm, I'm listening. It's like, wait a minute. Did you say all the way up until like, what, you know, Sandy Hook was well before January 6th. How, how, how does that have anything to do with it? And it's like, because they got all this dude's stuff. And I was just like, huh, that don't, that don't seem like an accident to me. So no, no, somebody, I just, like somebody, I said, somebody it was just interesting. Something I was thinking about, I was literally having a conversation, uh, you know, a few minutes before the show and it was on my mind. So I wanted to get that, you know, uh, you know, just get your take on it. But, um, we do have some tech to talk about this week. Um, and one of the things, and you stuck this in here. Um, I, I had been paying attention to, uh, what was it? Nancy Pelosi making mm-hmm. her trip to Taiwan mm-hmm. and saw that China is not happy at all about the trip that she made. And, you know, so far to say is like, you know, she better not say this and she better not say that. Uh, you know, don't talk to these people. Don't talk to those people. Uh, so, you know, it, it's a big thing for those who don't know Taiwan, I guess similar to Ukraine to Russia. Yeah, it's, it, it is not part of China, but it's part of China. Basically, I want to say going all the way back to 1949, mm-hmm. they have run independently of China. Mm-hmm. And China lately has been saying, nah, Taiwan is us. And Not we lately. need to use the military <laughs> to go, you know, to go let them know how much of us they are. We might end up doing that. So they're not really right. happy about this trip she made. And that has Apple making some changes. So, yes. Uh, so, uh, even though Taiwan claims independence, they still are dependent on China for. Uh, resources for a lot of things. Um, the story that I'm reading in the, uh, where is this at? The Guardian, um, makes a point. Fast forward to right now. Um, of course, you know, a lot of U.S. companies get a lot of products from China, but we also get things made in Taiwan. But, uh, again, the made in the Taiwan thing may be a little too much. Right now for companies to handle specifically Apple, specifically them coming out with this new iPhone and these new products coming out in September, October, that they don't want no static. So they have requested that products that even though are made in Taiwan, specifically Apple has asked manufacturers on the island to label components bound for China as made either in Chinese Chinese Tapai, if I'm saying that wrong. Yeah. Oh, yeah or Taiwan slash China. So basically, you know, uh, China's like, yeah, y'all, I see y'all over there with y'all little funky independence, but just know any products coming in and out of Taiwan's got to go through China. Mm-hmm. So we're going to need y'all to, uh, label this stuff as made in China because we don't want y'all to get any sort of, uh, idea that y'all somehow can, 
uh, skip the middleman and work directly with, you know, United States manufacturers, even though they have, even though there have been some things that they've been able to do in the past. And this goes back to Nancy Pelosi. She has always championed Taiwan's independence way before this. This is back when she was, you know, new in the game as it relates to politics. She's always stood by them. She's always, you know, rep for them as far as their independence is concerned. So this new thing really ain't nothing new, which is why when Joe, uh, President Biden was like, you know what? I, I really ain't feeling this trip, but you know, you go do your thing. You know, even though, you know, Obama didn't go over there, even though Clinton didn't go over there, Bush, none of them went over there, you know, but she's always repped them. So they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, we know it's kind of it, it don't look we 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 respect their independence, but we ain't trying to mess nothing up between y'all and China. And we ain't trying to mess nothing up between us and China. So we just going to kind of like from the back, give y'all some cheer, but we ain't going to do nothing about it. So, again, fast forward to now with, you know, um, all these other issues. And, I, and indirectly, I think, you know, Ukraine and Russia uh, play a part in this. To where, you know, Russia is now trying to reclaim uh, Ukraine as a part of Russia when Ukraine for the longest has been enjoying their independence. I think China was like, all right, well, we're going to take some notes and we might not about to let nobody try to tell us what countries or what parts of China is China. Same way, you know, America is kind of tiptoeing in, you know, Ukraine. So we're going to nip this in the bud right now. We're going to flex our muscle. So much so that we're going to mess up y'all money and Apple does not want no static. So mm-hmm. they're pretty much, <laughs> they're pretty much saying, all right, you know, while we love y'all independence, yay, go Taiwan. We're going to, we're going to make sure his money come first. <laughs> yeah. Because what, uh, what China, uh, you know, can do and has done, um, this is, it's not like they haven't done things that Apple is worried about. Uh, when it has made in Taiwan, mm-hmm. things tend to get held up. In customs, they don't, you know, Mm -hmm. things don't move quite as, uh, you know, quite as quickly. And today, Apple really hasn't had them problems. So I think this is just a preemptive move to make sure Mm -hmm. that those problems don't creep up. Right. Um, Right. But, but so here's, so it's a, not a double edged sword, but this could be, in my opinion, this could be a time where America really says, you know what? We're really going to take a stance against China, even though we get a lot of goods and services. Well, we get all our goods and services from <laughs> China. We also give them a lot of money. So it's like, yeah, while China does, you know, export a lot of our goods, we also give them a lot of money. So, you know, a big company like Apple saying, you know what? We're going to, uh, make more of a connection with Taiwan. And we're going to support their independence with our checkbook. You know, China will really have to make a decision. Do they really want to mess up Apple money? Because, um, you know, Apple could, they're trying to, they're trying to, um, they could foster a heavy relationship with Taiwan. They, they are trying to build factories in India. You know, Apple's heavy over there trying to get, you know, not necessarily Foxconn, but Fox, Foxconn ish companies. And for those who don't know, Foxconn is like the major supplier of parts and uh, human capital to build these iPhones. They're trying to get that same thing in India because the reason why everybody's in China, because there's such a huge population and keep it a hundred, they get paid less. So the same thing with mm-hmm. India is like, all right, well, we need to go find another section, another group to where. There's a lot of work. There's a lot of employees. There's a lot of people willing to do the work and we won't pay them as much. So Apple could really be like, all right, we, we ride with Taiwan. We are going to put our foot in the ground and let China make the move. And then China will have to decide. It's like, all right, well, you know, you can do this or they put their foot in the ground. And then it's on the American people, whether or not we want to deal with delays with our iPhones, (laughs) which I'm pretty sure the way Americans are set up, we ain't trying to hear that. We want our phones on the day they're supposed to be released. And we don't want to hear nothing about no delays and no iPhones. But if we, if we considered that we could actually do take just one step farther away from being so dependent on China. Um, we could, I don't think we will, 
um, yeah. for, for, for these reasons. Just Apple, even though Apple is, you know, it, as big as it is and makes as much money as it does, uh, Apple alone is not enough. It would have to be a bunch of companies all doing it together. And the difference between American run companies and, um, you know, in many companies run in China is that the government just regulates you. It doesn't necessarily run your business. Um, so, you know, so when you think about the stuff that's being made in, uh, Taiwan, um, for Apple, those aren't the state run companies that you think of in mainland China. So mm-hmm. that company, if, if they, if they mess up that company's money, that doesn't really affect main chan, you know, mainland China. If anything, see, this is, this is the reasons why you need to actually act like you're part of us because we can protect you and help you with this. That, that's how, that's how China generally rolls on this stuff. Mm-hmm. So it would take more than just Apple and what Apple has done. Well, we made a stand, but we wrecked our business and we're no longer the number one company uh, on the planet. We're now number eight because, you know, it took, you know, um, you know, some, you know, Samsung was able to sneak in and, and sell a lot more phones because we couldn't, you know, we just couldn't get the iPhones to people. I'm being facetious and saying, and we had to, and we had to charge higher. Yeah. yeah. But you know, and but you got to charge more. You, th- th- there's a lot of headache that comes with that. So right. until Apple actually can flip a switch and that capacity goes to, uh, to India, which I think mm-hmm. that's one of the things that they want to do anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, regardless of what is going on right now, uh, you know, th- th- this is something that they would like to see happen. You know, anyway, but until they can flip that switch to where there's not going to be massive disruption, mm-hmm. I don't see them doing. It. In fact, I see them doing. Well, we know what they're doing. <laughs> it's like, nah, uh, you can, can yeah, you please take Taiwan off and put Taiwan slash China or whatever. It's mm-hmm. kind of like seeing, it used to say made in L.A. Now it says made in Los Angeles, California. That mm-hmm. basically that is what China wants, and uh, right. and Apple is like, yeah, we will oblige you because we have launch coming up you know when does the iphone when does the new one come out if it's coming out in a couple they announce they announce it they announce it they release it in september they say hey this is a new phone and then two weeks later like the end of september is when you start to see them on shelves and people start getting them in their hands so we've got a little bit over what a month and a half uh before we start seeing devices roll out so again being so close Mm -hmm. to this release Apple's like, yeah, we don't want no static. Now, maybe nah. if this would have happened in November when yeah. they kind of dro- lost their, and then they can take like these, maybe not even November because we're talking about Christmas. If this happens in January, then they've got this January to September lead time to say, all right, what are we going to do? Scramble, scramble, scramble. Let's get some stuff pumping in India. Let's get some stuff pumping all these other places. Then they could take that hit. But a month and a half away from this launch, China could be like, yeah, we're going to hold this stuff up and mess up your little operation for this holiday season. <laughs> Apple does not want none of them supply chain issues because like I said, this, this stuff is already, you know, getting ready to move or has moved. And they like, we just can't take any chances with that. I'm so I'm pretty sure it. they got, I'm pretty sure phones, iPhone 14s are sitting in crates on ships or on docks right now. And all China got to do is like you said, um, hold some stuff up, lose some shipments, uh, you know, tie some things up and that would wreck, uh, Apple's, you know, launch day sales numbers if nobody can get phones because China is messing with the papers. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's that, that's what China does. So like I said, it's, uh, th- this was an interesting, I, you know, interesting story. I understand. Uh, and I know that there are a lot of people who are like, Oh, I just wish Apple would just take, you know, make a stand. And it's like, you know, um, they, that simple. and they a company and they primary you, thing is to make money. We have to stop putting, um, these, uh, you know, you know, thinking that companies have feelings. The only feelings that company have is that we make more money this time, this year, this week, this, you know, today, this minute than we made the previous minute, the previous week, the previous year, the previous quarter, whatever the case may be. That, that's the only feelings that they have. So, um, this is Apple, you know, doing what is probably best for their shareholders uh, at this point in time. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, 
Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. So this next one, Terrence, uh, it seems like we keep coming up with this with various, uh, you know, social media companies. Uh, you know, TikTok is having an issue right now where their moderators, because TikTok is, a, you know, when you think about how many people are looking at TikTok videos, people are trying to sneak all kind of crazy stuff into TikTok videos. So they have to have human moderators to go and look at this stuff and make decisions on things. And one of the things that is, you know, apparently problematic for TikTok right now is that they're actually showing their moderators child pornography to train them on what child pornography is. And I, I want to say, did, didn't we, I can't remember if we talked about it on this show or if I just heard about it on the show, but didn't, you know, um, Facebook not too long ago, didn't they have some issues like this as well where they were, they needed mental help ultimately because they were seeing stuff that was so horrific that it was causing them, um, you know, to have problems. And it's like, that was like a public story. I remember that being pretty big when that came out. And it's like TikTok, you would think that you, you know, you could have learned something from Apple who went before you in this area. Well, according to, uh, TikTok, they said their training materials provide textual descriptions, but not visual examples of child sexual abuse material, but added that it worked with external companies that could have unique practices. So basically what TikTok is saying is we as a company, we don't rock like that, but we may hire some contractors and we ain't all in a business like that. So whatever them contractors, moderators decide to do, that's on them. Our policies are this, but at the same time, we, we don't be checking for them like that. Again, so basically you know, the exact same thing that Facebook was doing, because that's, that's, that's what Facebook was doing as well. It's like, th- this is, I, I see where the issue is, but to me, it seems, you know, like if there is child pornography, you have to actually uh, be able to know how to pull that out. But are you hiring the right people that if they see that, that they don't just know that that's something that you, you know, you shouldn't be doing, you know, do they actually need to, to read it? Uh, and be inundated with it because well, it's not. So it's not just reading it, right? So the what the the issue is is there are people either working for these contractors or there are people inside of TikTok saying that they're showing us videos mm-hmm. of sexual uh, acts against child against children, and that is what's taking the cake. It's one thing to read some terrible content. It's one thing. It's one thing to you know to to hear it but to actually have to sit down and watch a video of a sex act against a child that is the problem and according to again um like i said um let me read the story um whitney a former uh teleformance employee which i think is the contractor that tiktok hires her name is whitney turner she told forbes she worked at the company for more than a year and left in 2021. So this is not years ago. This is last year. Turner says she had access to a spreadsheet and a spreadsheet was called daily required reading or the DERR, which was accessible by hundreds of teleformants and TikTok employees. The spreadsheet had examples of content pro- examples, not just not just, you know, this is the type of content that you'll see the exact content mm-hmm. prohibited by TikTok and included images of naked and abused children. She told the outlet. So it's one thing to see, OK, this is what you don't do. You should not hammer a nail this way. Right. And you look at the video and you look at the picture, say, yeah, yeah, you shouldn't hammer a nail that way. Right. It's a whole other thing. To see a video of a child or an image of a child and say, yeah, you know, that is bad content that makes sense. But at the same time, where did they get the video? Whose child is that in the video? Do these parents Mm -hmm. know that their children are being subjected to this for the sake of 
learning how to moderate. I don't think no parent is going to be like, yeah, you know, for the greater good. Sure. Use yeah. my child in this crazy, horrible, terrible video to train people not how to flag and remove stuff off of TikTok. Nobody wants that. So that's where the problem is. It's like how I get it. You want to be able to train people, but there's got to be a better way than making child child sex pornography daily required reading. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah, just that, twisted. That's <laughs> that's the part that is getting me. It's like this wasn't videos that you were actually catching. And then you, you know, you start to feel some kind of way about oh, man, this stuff that I'm seeing is horrible. This is like, no, we want you to go look at this horrible this stuff is, so that you can recognize it more easily. This is an employee um, handbook. And it's like, um, uh, so, so just says in our, in our chat, are you not also witnessing a crime? Yeah, you are. When you watch these videos. And the answer you, is yes, because it's child pornography. This reminds me of, um, you know, all the movies to where you got the undercover cop and he is under deep undercover. And he is, has to join a gang and the gang is moving all these drugs and they're committing all these crimes and they're doing all these things. But the ultimate goal of the undercover cop is to get this kingpin. So in order to get close to the kingpin in order to get him, you have to witness or partake in some of these crimes. This is what this reminds me of to where it's like they're saying, you got to watch these videos in order to catch the bad guys. I'm like, but ain't y'all the bad guys because you showing me these videos. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I, I'm just sitting here thinking it's like there's got to be a better way. So do you really have to train people to recognize child pornography? Um, is it like, is, is, it's like, if you don't go through this training, are you having too many of your moderators who are letting stuff get through, uh, that is, that isn't, you know, indeed child, uh, you know, molestation or, you know, or, you know, child pornography. It, it, is that, is that a real problem? It's, it just seems to me like if you're hiring, you know, generally rational human beings, um, and it, you know, there's no political lean on this, you know, you just hire somebody who has common sense and you can kind of figure that out when you're going through your interview process. Could they recognize a child being raped as compared to a child not being raped? Do you, do you, you know, Hey, you know, anytime it looks like children are being raped, you need to flag that. Uh, is, is that, right. can you just tell somebody that, or do you need to actually show them what child rape looks like? Um, um in a com in a, in a perfect world, not even a perfect world. Common sense will tell you yes. But again, this is the problem that, that all social media platforms are going to have when you are your primary product is user generated content. If you as the company are not generating the content itself, then you're going to run into this problem. No matter if you got AI doing it and we've talked about stories where AI gets it wrong whether you have people sitting behind a computer and trying to catch all this stuff in a net, their stuff is going to slip through. Their stuff is going to slip through and we're going to see it and they're going to get in trouble with it. The question is, how hard are these companies willing to work to keep this stuff minimized as much as possible? I don't know what the answer is. I don't know how you go about doing that. Common sense would lead me to believe I'm pretty sure if you hire somebody, they know the difference between somebody taking a picture of their kids on a family vacation and they in a swimming pool and the kid don't have no clothes on versus some of the other sick stuff. Right. You would think. But again, who are they hiring? The TikTok is are they are, are they American moderators? Are these mod, are these people who are getting paid pennies on the dollar and are confined to a small room? To where they're seeing all these images and they break down. And as a result, some of this stuff leaks. You know, you got to take that in consideration. I'm pretty sure uh, TikTok and whomever, Facebook, Instagram, whomever, you you want to believe that they are putting forth every effort and they're putting in as much resources as possible to make sure the content that goes across their platforms is legit. But we know that's not the case. Yeah. You know what? You, you know, you, you made a good point a little bit ago. And I want to come back to it because I wonder this. And if there's anybody who's listening who can tell us how this works, how is it legal for TikTok to actually show employees 
things that are actual child pornography that, you know, as Ray said, you know, aren't you witnessing the crime when you are watching that? Yes, you are. Uh, and you're actually not just witnessing, you know, um, witnessing one, you're participating in it. You, you are knowingly going in and watching child pornography that, you know, is also against the law. So what do they do? What, you know, you know, how, how do, is there a waiver? You know, you know, is there, <laughs> is there a class you go take at the FBI? You know, how, how are, you know, how is a company and where are they say, getting the content yeah. from? Like here's child pornography. We're going to show it to you so that you can actually recognize it. How how does that actually, uh, you know, how does that actually uh, happen? And you know, one of the things that's being asked here in our chat is that you know this is a Chinese company. Are there different laws? Um, I don't know what the laws are, and you know, I don't know what the laws are here. I definitely don't know what they are outside of here. But this stuff is, you know, th- these are, you know, these are things that you know moderators here are actually being asked to do. So, uh, it's it's just a really interesting story. Um, and I, I would, I would prefer that you just hire people that you have done enough due diligence in, in your hiring process that we think this person can actually recognize child pornography when they see it. We don't need to show it to them, um, so that they actually know, uh, you know, that something is. And by doing that, I would imagine that you're going to have a higher percentage of false flags. Uh, of times when you flag something that would, you know, this, this looks like pornography to me and it actually wasn't, but I would rather that than having to be subjected to just watching actually, um, you know, um, pornography. And once again, so Ray says this in our, in our chat, if you have to watch this stuff over and over and over again, you know, if you have acquired watching material that you need to go look at, eventually you become desensitized to that kind of stuff. You know, it's, you know, we, we hear about that kind of stuff all the time. It's like, you know, when you're in these environments where you just see this kind of stuff over and over and over again, eventually it doesn't bother you that much. It's like, you know, I, hopefully, uh, you know, most people are not desensitized to mass shootings, but they happen so often that we just don't think about them the same way because we hear about them so often now, we just don't think about them in the same way that we, you know, did like, and I'm just thinking back in the, you know, in the eighties, it didn't seem like we, uh, you know, we had them that often. We had them. We just didn't have the internet to where you could just see wherever they were happening anywhere. I would say around the world, but this is generally, you know, happening here in the States. It does happen in other places, but it happens here, but it just happens so often. You hear of, you know, school shooting, you hear of a bar, you know, a bar or a club getting shot up. You hear those things happening so often. You just kind of become desensitized to it. And I think you would see the same thing with this. If you just keep seeing these horrendous acts over and over and over again, at some point they don't bother you, you know, um, as much, or they continue to bother you so much that you just can't function in that position anymore. And, you know, you, you have caused yourself some other type of, you know, um, you know, issues just because of the things that you're saying. So, it, I, like I said, if anybody knows how this works, how, how does a company actually you know, legally show their employees pornography, um, well, child they, pornography, I, I, I should say. Maybe they don't. Uh, in this story, uh, the NCMEC, National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, um, a nonprofit organization founded in 1980s, it serves as a national clearinghouse and resource center for information about missing and exploited children. According to the organization, companies like TikTok are legally required to report CSAM content found on their platforms and have to report it to this National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. So there is some sort of regulations around this uh, content. Again, of course, TikTok. And uh, they say, you know, we don't have any of this. Let me read the actual um, Akash Pergali. I'm pretty sure I torched his name. A global president of trust and safety at Teleformance. Teleperformance told Forbes it did not use explicit videos of child abuse in its training and did not have those materials in its collaboration tools. So, again, who are you going to believe? Are you going to believe the company or are you going to believe this person, this whistleblower, for lack of a better term, who says she's seen the spreadsheets of the content? And again, that goes back to the, okay, somebody. Somebody's parents are involved in this content and she, this whistleblower, I forget her name, but she turned over the spreadsheets and stuff to the FBI. So something's going to come out of this, you know, whether or not I hate to say that, whether or not we care enough, that's a totally different thing. You know, are we going to care enough? You know, I asked this question before every time TikTok get in trouble. <laughs> are we going to stop using TikTok? Because you know what would we'll change their 
attitude quick, fast, in a hurry. If we stopped, if we deleted the app and deleted our accounts, but is that going to happen? No question mark. <laughs> well, you know what? You know, there, there is no more Vine. Vine went away. Uh, my, I, I don't know if MySpace is all the way gone, but it's not, it's not using it. I, I think they're shut down or, or darn near close to it. So who knows? I mean, it is possible that, you know, we actually, as you know, as a populist decide, this is not the thing for us anymore, and we move away from it. Uh, it, it has happened to ginormous companies before, but uh, <laughs> TikTok is the most trafficked website on the internet. Uh, it's a little different than some of these other ones that have gone by. Uh, so this next story, Terrence, this one is actually close to my heart. Uh, you know, so the, you know, car companies are starting to address the child car death problem, um, and putting safeguards to, uh, you know, basically, uh, you know, heat deaths. When you have, uh, you know, like a small child, you forget there in the back and you leave them in there. The windows are up, the car's off, there's no air, and they basically end up succumbing from, you know, from, you know, from heat stroke. You know, that, you know, that body temperature gets above, you know, uh, you know, you know, about 105 to 107. You know, you, you're, you, 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 yeah. you're danger zone. Um, and, you know, kids overheat, um, significantly faster than, you know, larger children and adults do. Uh, so I said this is close to me because I actually, uh, had a neighbor, uh, and it wasn't like this was like an unattentive neighbor or anything. What was happening, um, was that kids were playing in the car. Um, you know, older kids, they might have been eight or nine. Um, and they had a younger brother, uh, Younger brother got in the car, fell asleep in the back. Everybody's out doing whatever it is they're doing until, you know, hey, where's your brother at? And they go and they get him. Now, fortunately, the, the good part of the story is that, well, this, you know, this young man, you know, actually, uh, you know, he, he did live, but he had a heat stroke and he had problems for a while after this. I mean, I mean, it, it actually, I mean, he had so many issues because, you know, how long he was ultimately in the hospital for. That he, uh, you know, ended up, uh, not like, I think he was like maybe three or four when this happened. So he's supposed to go to kindergarten like that following year. He actually wasn't able to go because he was in the hospital for, I mean, he, it seemed like he was in the hospital for months after this because, you know, he was in a coma. There was just all these things that happened because he overheated. So I, so I know that this happens. Uh, but it looks like, you know, you know, you have, uh, you know, a few car companies are saying, nope, we can put technology in the car that can prevent this and, and notify you. So why don't you tell us well, a little the, bit about the uh, story? Here. What, what a problem is they're not voluntarily, apparently, according to this story, car companies are not voluntarily saying, oh, we're going to come out with the newest technology to present, prevent kids from dying in cars due to heat, due to whatever the case may be. It seems like they are being dragged into this. Um, let me find this, uh, let me find the story. I wanted to, this person I wanted to, uh, quote, uh, basically she was like the, the, basically the lady said, um, oh, where's this story where, where I should have wrote it down. Okay. It says cars remind you to check your tire pressure, to shut off your lights, to take your keys, to really end these terrible fatalities. We have to be able to detect when there's a living being locked in a vehicle and alert anyone who can to come to their aid. So this lady, her name is, um, where's her Jeanette, Jeanette Fennell. She is a founder and president of kids and car safety, a nonprofit dedicated to preventing injuries and death to children from vehicle related incidents. Fennell has been ringing the alarm, uh, for hot car deaths for more than 15 years. And she Mm -hmm. quotes herself saying, we have begged the auto industry to do something. She went on, it's an uphill battle, but we're on the cusp of things that need to happen. So what struck me as interesting is you got all kind of alerts when the tire pressure is low. You got, you got a daggone alert on some cars when the gas tank, the, the cap is open. You know, it sends off an mm-hmm. alarm. When your traction control, we have this problem in our car. When our traction control is acting fuzzy. Uh, we get all these alerts on the dashboard, traction controls mm-hmm. turned off, monitor your brake system, all these alerts, you know, for things that are geared toward safety. Right. But when it comes to something like this, because this is a this is not just a random occurrence, an average of 38 children die every year in hot cars this year, we're maybe half of that. But again, we got half the rest of the half a year to go of uh, 14 um children died in car deaths. So this is not just a random thing. And, you know, that's enough. One kid dying in a car 
a a car company should be able to ease not easily. Let me not say that because I'm not a, a car manufacturer. I'm not an engineer. Right. But that seems important enough for car companies to have been solved. And the fact that they're still being dragged along when you got sensors for everything else, it sounds like to me that car companies don't want to be liable because if they come up with a sensor or they come up with a system that alerts, that's supposed to alert you when your kid is in the back car, in the back seat, and that don't happen, and then something happens as a result of that, lawsuits, lawsuits, lawsuits. So to me, it sounds like car companies like, we don't want to be responsible for coming up with a system that may fail to where a kid dies, even though accidents, seatbelts, uh, all these other things. It's like, yeah, we don't want to be, we don't want to take that that far. So it seems like the liability they don't want to get on board with. So they're kind of dragging their feet. That's just me though. So, so the liability part, I didn't think about, but you're right. Uh, that that's probably a huge reason why, but here's the other reason. It's only 38 children a year. So um, they're, they're good with that number. So, I don't, I, I think that one of the reasons that, uh, we don't see this technology in cars already, because like the technology is here. It's not like there is a problem that needs to be solved for them to be able to figure out how to do this. They know exactly how to do this. Um, you know, they, they're, they're, you know, they can put sensors in the cars that would detect, uh, you know, even a yeah, heartbeat of a small child, yeah. uh, you know, uh, you know, slight movements. Um, it can be done. There's only 38 children a year that are, you know, that are dying from this. And they're just, you know, even though this, uh, you know, the, the, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't remember the woman's name, but the woman who's been working on this for 15 years, even though, she, you know, this is like her life's work now trying to get mm-hmm. these car companies to do, uh, you know, what is right. Um, there haven't been enough people to say, yeah, we really need this in the car. Um, because here's what will happen. Your car is going to cost more when this gets in there. Um, you know, and it's probably not a insignificant, you know, I'm an insignificant number, uh, you know, to what that's going to be. It's like, you know, if we put these sensors in the car so that you, we can detect folks, um, you know, your car is going to cost $800 more, $1,200. Am I making these numbers up? I have no idea, but the, the car is going to be more expensive. And I think that the companies, um, because they, they measure and they survey everything is the problem, you know, enough of a problem that we need to actually add additional costs to the car and our consumers are going to continue to pay for it. Um, you know, without complaint, why do you have sensors that tell you when your gas cap, you know, cap is open because enough people have complained about that being an issue that the company said, okay, let's go ahead and put this in and charge them a little bit more for that. Why, why do you have when you're, um, you know, when you're sus- not suspension, but what did you say? Your traction system. My, my car does that regularly. Like if it's that time when it, it just started raining and it's not raining hard, but the, you know, the, like it's like, but the, the ground is wet and it's just slick. It always wants to go off at that point. I always get those warnings. Why? Because enough people have said this is an issue and we need to actually be notified of this. Um, you know, to this point, 38 children enough or 38 children, um, dying a year has not been enough to make the American public say this has to exist. Uh, you know, in cars and the ways that generally happens is that, you know, it wasn't people saying you need to have seat belts. It was the government that said you had to have a seat belt. It wasn't people saying we really need to have airbags. It was the government saying that you need to have airbags. So this may be a thing to where, uh, you know, you may get a car company here, a car company there that just does it, uh, you know, but I think it's probably going to be more of a thing of where the government says you need to have these kind of sensors, uh, you know, in your car. Um, I, I remember uh, a few years ago, um, someone had a Tesla, had their dog in the Tesla, uh, a, you know, a good Samaritan saw the dog in the Tesla. It was a hot day, busted the window out, didn't realize that the air conditioner in the Tesla was actually running in the, in the dog was just fine. So I know that what Tesla did, they added, I think it was called, uh, like, is it dog mode or something like that? You know, basically on the big, you know, on the big screen, it actually says that, you know, the air conditioning is running. Here is the temperature so that people don't bust out the windows. Because you don't hear an engine running in a Tesla. Uh, if you, if you were to get, you know, close to it, you could actually hear that there is a, uh, you know, you hear the air conditioner blowing, but it doesn't sound like an engine running. So, uh, that was something that they put in there just because I guess there's a lot of Tesla owners who, who are dog owners and say, Hey, I don't want that happening to my Tesla. I don't want to have, you know, Fido in the car and somebody bust my windows out because they didn't realize that I actually had air in there. So they, they actually did that. Tesla felt that it was a big enough, you know, big enough issue. 
you know, will other car manufacturers feel that it is a big enough issue to actually put sensors in the car so they can detect whether there is a children that you, you know, a child that you just forgot that you left in the back seat or you didn't even know was in the back seat. They got in and you didn't know they were there. We hear about those things. We you know, like I said, it's 38 times a year. It's probably more of a regional thing, but when you do hear about it, you know, um, the first jobs, well, those are horrible parents. And a lot of times it wasn't really the parent. It was like the child got in the car. The parent didn't even know they were in the car. Um, you know, that, that's, that, you know, like I said, like I said, I, I, personal experience, you know, from when I was young, that was the case. It was the child got in the car on their own, fell asleep and just no one realized until after they were suffering a heat stroke that he actually was in the car. So I think these sensors would be great, but are people going to push to actually get those things to come because they will cost money. So Terrence, um, this last story this is the one that uh, Tech Life Steph sent to us. She said that even though I'm not going to be on the show this week, y'all need to holler at our people about this one. So if you remember, uh, you know, uh, back in November, uh, a company called Triller that, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like a TikTok esque style company. Um, uh, they back, they actually said that they were going to, uh, find 300 black creators. And they were going to, uh, you know, ultimately sign them up to contracts for content creation and they were going to pay them $2,000 a month and give them $2,000 a month in equity for a year. And this program launched in January of this year. So we are a full, uh, eight months into it. Um, the problem <laughs> is that they ain't paying people out. At least that is what has been reported. So, uh, you know, you know, you know, like I said, back in November, 300, 2000, um, people, um, you know, four grand a month, that comes to $14,400,000 that they were coming off of this calendar year. And according to the Washington Post, they have paid, um, you know, late paid less or skipped paying altogether, uh, you know, on these issues. So, um, the Washington uh, Post columnist who, uh, you know, who wrote this, she said that when she started actually reporting on this, when she started doing the research on this article and she's reaching out to Triller, uh, mm -hmm. back in June, that seems to be when the payments started coming out. And this, I want to say this report came out, I believe Wednesday last week and folks had reported literally the day before this thing went to press. Oh yeah. We just got our payment here. We just got our payment there. Mm -hmm. So it's like the, you know, the, the CEO of the company is saying that, you know, we, let me just read this because it's an actual quote here. Uh, Triller disputes that there have been any problems with creators pay CEO mall. De Silva says that the company has met its financial commitments to the creators in this program and will continue to do so. Well, maybe the, the day before the the article was you know was you know printed you know that was a true statement uh -huh. but do you think that you know everybody who actually anonymously uh came up and said that hey this company you know we're doing the work we're you know we're, we're, we're giving our videos we're making it we're creating our content we're doing what we're supposed to do it's not paying us um i don't know if you got the opportunity to read this because it was a long read on um on the um washington post but it was actually a really good article now, I actually read it prior to uh, Stephanie putting this on here because uh, one of the things that, you know, Stephanie always says is that these companies banked or capitalized off of the, all right, we're going to help out black creators, you know, in, mm -hmm. in the wake of George Floyd and in, in the wake of all these other things that was happening. There were a lot of companies that made a lot of promises to uh diversity to equity and inclusion it seems mm -hmm. like triller was one of those companies that created this whole program that was going to take x many creators we're going to put them up in housing they're going to give them um they're going to pay them um salary and we're going to give them equity in the company for the duration of this program which sounds amazing right that's what you know, black creators are looking for, we're looking for equal opportunity. We're not looking for more opportunity. You know, we're definitely not looking for less opportunity. <laughs> we're looking for equal opportunity. And I think Trello was one of them companies that jumped in and was like, oh yeah, you know what? What's popping right now, what's trendy is helping out black folks. So let's go ahead and create this whole product. Go ahead. Go ahead. So um, what I want to uh, just add on to that is that, yeah, there was, it was a George Floyd effect. Uh, this probably drove some of this, but if you remember last year around this time, there was that, uh, you know, that song, uh, Megan Stallion song came out and all the TikTok 
black TikTok creators, at least oh, they went right. on strike. They said, we're not making a dance, uh, you know, for this particular video. So uh-huh. Triller, they really capitalized on jumped that because that it was, okay. they jumped off on that. It's like, okay, no, we're, you know, because that, that's when you really started to hear, uh, uh-huh. about how black creators are creating all of this content and they're not getting, uh, credit right. for it. Uh, right. or that, you know, they'll create it, but someone else will copy it. And the person who copies it, uh, you know, gets the credit for it. I mean, right. it, it was and is a, a huge issue with these platforms. So trailer's like, nah, what we're going to do, we're going to go ahead and we're going to hire 300 of these folks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're going to throw them. four, you know, up, mm-hmm. you know, upwards of $14 million of uh, their way. And as, as I said, according to, uh, you know, the reports that, you know, um, you know, the, uh, you know, Taylor Lorenz, I believe her name is. That is the columnist who, uh, you know, did the investigation, um, for this reporting. Uh-huh. Um, she said that, you know, we, we interviewed 12 folks and they were all saying that they were having issues. Now I know that they're 300 and they didn't talk to all 300, but right. she got a pretty good sampling. Uh, you know, well, it shouldn't have happened. They were having it issues. Should, yeah. It shouldn't have happened to anybody. If they, right. if Triller said, we've selected you for this program, you should be getting your money in a timely manner, especially if you are from middle of nowhere. Uh, country and you move yourself over to LA to be, uh, to, to participate in this program, you know, you got to pay rent or you got to, you got to, uh, take care of life. Maybe if Triller was taking care of your rent, you still got to, you know, live, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're not getting your money, <laughs> you know, you can't live out there, you know, so imagine, you know, anybody, just one person. If you said you're going to sign up 300 people and one person says Triller's tripping, they chirping. It ain't like, well, the percentage of people that's getting their money farly outweighs. No, you said 300 people. You was going to take care of them. You was going to look out for them. You're not doing a job just to one. You're not doing your job. And it sounds like uh Triller, they wanted the publicity. They wanted to capitalize off a of movement. Like you mentioned, you know, the TikTok black creators going on strike. And it was like, well, you know, you come over to Triller. And as a matter of fact, we're going to help you out. That probably mm-hmm. got them some PR. That probably got them some more content, which is what all these companies are looking for. More and more and more and more content. We they did their job. We got the publicity. We got the content. And that's all we really wanted to do. <laughs> so we really didn't so, want to do a program. We just wanted the publicity and it's starting so, to come out. So if it was just a if if this was just a story of Triller signed up three hundred folks that look like us told them they was going to do all these things and didn't do it, that by itself would be horrible and bad enough. Right. But it turns out it's even worse because they're saying just dealing with the company, people feel grimy. Like it's just kind of, you know, it's just, it's just not a good feel for what's going on. So uh the, like so this is a really long article. We have it linked in our uh show notes. If anybody has the opportunity, you should go check this out because, it, you know, it's a long read, but it's a good read. But, uh, you know, towards the end of it, they start just talking about things like, well, when they signed everybody up, when they, you know, when they, when they announced this program and told everybody what they were doing, the CEO was saying things like, and you can be just like Charlie D'Amelio. Okay. And it's like, they're like, hold up. That's not what we're trying to be. We're not trying to be like her. We're trying to be like us. And we right. just actually do the things that we do and get the recognition for it. So that's how we uh, want. So, so yeah. those are some of the things that were, uh, you know, issues. They actually had a uh, contract with actual, uh, you know, like development houses, uh, one in Atlanta, um, that they talk mm-hmm. about in the story, one in LA that they talk about the, in this story. And basically what Triller is coming to him saying, you know, like these companies are saying, Hey, uh, you owe us XYZ amount of dollars. Oh, we'll see what had happened was is we're trying to go public. So since we're going public, we have to have so much money on hand. The, the, okay. I don't know what the, the, uh, the, the, uh, small print in these uh contracts are but it's like you are literally hiring you know, hiring you're, you're contracting these folks out to do stuff they're supplying you with the things you contracted them out to do and they're not getting their money on time or at all in some cases uh one of the things at the very end of the washington post article it says that uh black creators have not re- yet received equity uh in the company they haven't received their equity stakes so once again they're supposed to be getting two thousand dollars a month in this company the rumor is that 
trailer might be actually going public this fall as early as maybe next month. Uh, you know, could be October, November, but they actually are planning to go on public. It's like, wouldn't, wouldn't you think that if you're going to public that, that, you know, if, if I was one of the creators that had been, you know, signed a contract, so it's like, it wasn't yeah. like you just, you just say, Hey, this is what I want to do. And, you know, uh, th- that alone is a contract, but I actually signed some paperwork that said, this is what you're going to give me. I would like to have that before you go public. Um, you know, so that I can actually capitalize on the things that you uh, said we were going to be able to do. You're not just going to have us come and create content on your platform. You're going to give us ownership of the platform. Mm-hmm. So there's just a lot that is going on, uh, you know, with this. And like I say, you know, you know it, it follows a, you know, a couple of young men who are, you know, who basically have moved across the country who right. you had to go out and find other jobs because they weren't getting paid by this. They were going into their own personal savings. And on top of uh, that, and on top of that, Triller was making the content creators adhere to the strict and stringy, uh, not stringy, strict. Yeah. Stringent. I say stringy, stringent deliverables. They had to be doing so many posts a day, so many posts a week. I don't know what the exact thing was, but they had a strict guideline that they had eight a month or something like that. Right. Right. And you, you are subjecting me to this guidelines, these strict guidelines, but you're not holding up your end of the deal. You're like, yeah, well, you get the money when you get the money. It's like, well, you didn't tell me I could get give you the content whenever I felt like giving you the content. So this, like you said, right. all of it, the totality of it sounded like going back to, like I said, originally, they just wanted to capitalize off of the publicity, especially if fast forward to November or whenever that they're trying to go public. They just wanted to capitalize and then who cares about the more black kids? They'd be all right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, one of the stories was that uh, one of the creators did a GoFundMe because I believe his cousin passed away and they did a GoFundMe, you know, to cover funeral expenses. And he actually asked Triller's like, hey, I know I'm supposed to release a video on this day, but my cousin is passing away. I, I, I don't want to bury the piece of content that I, that I already put out. Can I like, you know, slide it a few days? And they're like, no, if you do that, you're going to ultimately, uh, risk, you know, being dropped out of the, Mm. uh, you know, which is probably what Triller wanted in the first place. They were saying that it was, you know, you know, the, the terms of these contracts, they wanted them to drop out. Right. And it's just like, you know, come on, companies like, you know, what, what are you doing? It's like, but you know what? This is what companies do. And it's like, this is what companies do. This is what companies do. That brings us again, all again and again and again back to the question. It's like, should we be chasing these companies around when they have proven time and time again, they ain't really checking for us like that, you know, or do we go to plan B or uh, whatever the case may be and create our own? And then if we create our own, it's like, are we going to get the groundswell? So it's almost like, again, companies are showing us, showing us specifically black folks, but are showing content creators in general that if you are already a million follower influencer you can get whatever you want anything above that you don't matter you know which is why these influencers are bending over backwards they're killing themselves not proverbially uh not actually but and maybe in actuality as well killing themselves to create this content when and, and not really knowing what the payoff is going to be, they assume the RI is going to be okay. Well, if I have these many followers, do all these things, I'll get these whatever. But that's not set in stone. So you got a lot of these kids that are ending up in the wash because they, you know, are trying to live up to this dream of becoming an influencer. And these companies are like, sure, give me all your content, give me all your content, but. You know, we're not going to treat you like an employee. We're not going to treat you like a partner, you know. So it's like, well, what do you do if these companies don't care for you? Can you just leave the companies? Can we afford to step away from Triller, step away from TikTok, step away from Instagram, you know, all these other companies, I mean, all these other platforms. And if we step away from them, then what do we do? You know, you know, that's like, that's the million dollar question, because if it was easy enough, people would have done it. But it's like these companies have such a hold on us that we know they're terrible or we know they don't have our our best interests in mind. But we still we still we're still chasing after them. And what is that? 
So I think um, you can almost look at, uh, you know, creators today that are trying to be big on YouTube or trying to be big on TikTok or Triller or, or, or whatever the case is. Uh, and, you know, they're, they're doing their thing. They're creating their content and they're putting it out there on these platforms and ultimately, you know, getting paid by the platform. It's almost like, you know, back in the day when artists, you know, music artists, they were, you know, the only way you could get your music out there was to go to a label. Mm-hmm. And you started to see, you know, back in, you know, I'm sure it happened before this, but, you know, at least in, in our culture, late, you know, we started 90s, to hear this, early you know, you started to see yeah. like, the, you know, the masterpiece, like, no, I'm, I'm going, I'm going to do this on my own. Um, you know, I want to, you know, you're going to, I'm going to sell out of, you know, out of my trunk until I can do this, uh, or I can do that. And now, you know, you're starting to see that, you know, happen in the creator space. I think what, you know, can you, can you do, can you be a creator on YouTube and not be on YouTube? No, you have to be on YouTube to be on there. Can you be a creator on Triller and not be on Triller? No, you have to be on Triller. But I think there's a difference to when you are using the platform to benefit things that you're doing as compared to the platform using you to benefit what they're doing. So I think that in the case of, you know, these 300, uh, you know, you know, black folks who basically were having some issues getting paid by the company that said they were they was going to pay them. Um, well, if you were putting out, um, you know, content, you have all these followers and maybe you had your own ads in it or, you know, you had an email list that you were able to build off of that. You had, you know, you had other mechanisms where you could monetize your content um, outside of just having a contract with Triller and getting paid by them, then you would have, uh, you know, you would have more leverage. So okay. yeah, you, you know, um, Triller's yeah. using me, but I'm using Triller. Right. Um, right. and I think that that's kind of how you have to go because, you know, and we, we've had this, you know, we've had these conversations in our discord, um, when we've talked about like, you know, black Twitter, like what, well, you know, you know, can't we build our own Twitter? Can't we do this? And it's like, yeah, black people can build anything. Um, you know, you know, you, you, you could absolutely build a, uh, you know, a Twitter like application. Um, that you market solely to African Americans. You know, there are companies that are doing that. The problem is that when you do that, there's only 40 some odd million African Americans on the planet. So when you create a resource that is just for them, you're limited in your reach, um, as compared to when you're on Twitter and there's darn near a billion people on Twitter that you can get your content in front of. When you think of YouTube, there are billions of people who watch YouTube videos. When you think of Instagram, there are billions of people who look at Instagram videos. When you think of TikTok, there are billions of people who do it. So I just think that we have to get to a point where we're looking at these platforms, not to I'm going to get paid by Instagram. I'm going to get paid by Facebook or I guess it's the same thing. I'm going to get paid by Meta. I'm going to get paid by Google. I'm going to get paid by TikTok. I'm going to get paid by Triller. That's cool if they do. But I'm also going to put my, you know, you know, set my content up so that I can actually get paid based off things that I'm doing. And I think that's just that's how you have to look at it. You can't just assume these companies are going to treat you, uh, you know, the right way. And right. I will say this. This is, you know, um, this isn't even necessarily a white thing or a black thing. I think these companies are ultimately going to try to make as much money as they can off of you as they possibly can without paying you know, and paying you as little as they can. That's being said for everybody. And then you have all the stuff that comes with being an African-American or a Latino American or whatever, uh, you know, whatever the other is on top of that. Um, you know, th- those issues don't go away. They just exasperate, you know, what's already there. So I just think that, you know, whether you're black, white, brown, whatever, if you are doing this as a creator and this is what you want your business to be, you can't just say, I'm going to be on YouTube and AdSense is the only way I'm making my money. Or I'm going to be, uh, you know, um, I want to be on Instagram and Facebook ads is the only way that I'm making, you know, my money. You've got to do something else that's going to ultimately bring that revenue directly to you to where you don't necessarily need Instagram as much as Instagram needs you. We talked about this before. Um, about, you know, we, we, we need to talk to, uh, Isaac Hayes the third and talk about what he's doing, uh, with his platform. But there's just story after story of folks who have left Instagram, who have left, uh, you know, um, you know, you know, TikTok and have gone over to fan base, fan base. They've gone over the fan base and, you know, immediately start seeing results over there because they're able to move their following over. 
And that's what's making, you know, companies like Meta say, oh, wait a minute, we need to start looking at some of these things that they're doing over here. We need to start paying our people differently, not because they thought it was a good idea, but because they see the idea that they had not making as much money anymore. And now they have to actually, you know, keep up with the Joneses because there is, you know, potentially another way. So. Like I said, I, I get on my soapbox and I talk about, you know, content and, you know, and creators and getting paid for, you know, for the work that you do, because we are that, you know, you know, we are creators a little older than probably most of the ones that we're talking about. But, uh, you know, this is what we do as well. But, uh, you know, you just have to make sure that, you know, you, you know, you can't get away from using TikTok. You can't get away from using Instagram if that's what you do. You can't get away from using YouTube. But if you are going to use them, if you are going to put your content out there, you just need to make sure that you're doing it in such a way that you can actually make money independently of those platforms um, and that way if you need to move to another platform you're probably still good you take your audience right with you so brother tech I'm looking at our clock I think we got a show man we actually made it this is this, uh, this is the second time third time we've actually had to do a show without a second time I think it's, I think it's the second I want to say so yeah, so we you know, we, we have made it again you know so we, so we, we knew we were going to get through it this time we got through it once before but um Unfortunately, we did not have any new patrons or any raises this week, so we don't have any shout outs there. And also, we did not do a, uh, you know, we did not do a spotlight this week. And I think we're going to probably move from doing, trying to do a spotlight every week to probably doing, you know, uh, maybe more like, you know, one or two a month, just so we can actually take the time, find a good person, research and, you know, and, and write something up that's, uh, you know, worthy for the folks to hear. Uh, but, uh, we're at the end of the show. So, all right, all right. Um, normally I would go to Steph. She ain't here, so I'll go to you, man. Tell the folks how they can get to you. <laughs> uh, you can find me on the internet everywhere at Brother Tech, B R O T H A T E C H. And I am Rob Dunwood on all the things. And we are also at the Tech John on all the things, uh, particularly uh, um, Twitter. Um, we seem to be uh, resonating on Twitter a little bit, both with the Tech John account and our personal account. So hit us up and uh, we will talk to you in a week's time. Till we meet again. Peace. Peace. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And... Don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.